Welcome into your American Express live chat. Not for me. It's not for me. It's for you. Go ahead. Drop any questions, concerns, or comments that you have in the chat right now. Could be anything. You want to look through some betting boards? Should we talk about ownership pivots? Who's the best play between X and X? Whatever you want. I don't care. This time is yours. Everything that I show you is from my website, rickrungood.com, which, whew, Love it. Constantly making improvements to it. I think you'll love it too. Dustin Lies. Good morning. Hey, Rick, can you look at a matchup between Ben Griffin and Matthew Neesmith? Sure. Let's do last 36 rounds, right? Griffin, um, it's been awesome recently. So let's do Griffin and Neesmith and just see what we pop out. This is the head-to-head matchup tool. Two golfers going up against one another um, for a four-round matchup. This is actually small edge to Neesmith here. So very, very small, 51.5% on Neesmith's side, 48.5% on Ben Griffin's side. Um, the upside, though, appears to lie with BG, Ben Griffin. Gains three or more strokes more frequently, gains four or more strokes just as frequently, same number there, and then gains five or more uh, much more frequently. So this feels like an edge towards Neesmith, both without knowing what the odds are, um, Probably shouldn't bet it. Hey, Rick, uh, good to be back for 2023. I'm struggling with Lipsky versus Hodges. Lipsky has the recent form from last week, but Hodges was T3 last year and showed upside as rookie. Actually, we could just do this, right? So one of the other thick reasons that I like having this head-to-head matchup tool is not just for um, strictly like literal head-to-head matchups. You can break ties or make decisions between two golfers. The model, the four-round model, likes Lee Hodges a lot more. David Lipsky only really has probably what, that one good finish from last week and probably doesn't have a lot of other stuff that he can bank on here. Let me, um, let me get Lee Hodges fired up here and see what we can find, get some of this stuff out of the way. Yeah. Hasn't been good. Right. But we haven't seen him. So this is the reset that we talked about last week. So when, when we talked last week, it was the first start for a lot of guys in the new year, they had five, six, seven weeks off. And we kind of reset most guys back to like their 100 round baseline. If you do that, you got to be fair and do it to Lee Hodges, resort him back to his 100 round baseline, which is uh, a lot better than the golf that he had been playing towards the end of last year. So I think it's the Hodges side, but man, go with your gut. It's all good. Um, Hey Rick, on Monday, you said the scoring average at Nicholas tournament was 70.27 last year, but I'm seeing Zalatoris, Cam Young, and M all set at 66 and a half on Caesars with juice on the under. So confused. Would love your thoughts. Well, all of all of that is fact, right? So you have said the Nicholas tournament course is 70.27. So that would be, let's see, Zalatoris, Young, and M gaining like three and a half shots to the field. How often are they going to do that? Let's take a look. We'll go to the golfer profiles. We'll do, we'll call it three strokes gained per round. We'll bump it up to um, 50 rounds and we'll see how often these guys do it. Zalatoris does it 32% of the time. Who else? Sung Jay and Cam Young. Uh, Cam Young does it about 26% of the time. Sung Jay does it ooh, the least out of, out of those three, at least 20% of the time. Now, these are obviously not like predictive models, and we would have to probably go back and look at any potential weather or different conditions from last year that created that 70.2, but that that does feel pretty low to me. 66 and a half feels pretty low if you're going to ask them to gain three and a half or four shots to the field. Uh, thoughts on Siwoo Kim versus Taylor Montgomery. I'm walking into the Siwoo trap in most scenarios this week. Um, gained eight strokes on approach in each of the last two rounds. Now going to a really great place. I understand he's never made a cut after a win. I understand it's hard to follow up a win with a good performance. Taylor Montgomery, it's been my guy, right? Hasn't burned us yet. What does he have now? Eight starts this year. Seven of them are top 15s. We're going to a putting contest, by the way. Very, very good putter. I like both of them. I would I don't I wouldn't know how to break this. If you were if you were saying bet aside of these matchups, I guess I'd take the Montgomery side, but I'm not thrilled about it. Hey Rick, happy live chat day. I noticed on your cheat sheet that Gunner Weeb is projected at 82%. 
uh, with a 0.2% ownership. Where is this guy coming from? And what's, why such a high ownership? Uh, he just has no sample size, right? That's that's where the high ownership is coming from. He has four starts in 2022, and and three of them were pretty good. Uh, he made the cut at the Barbasol, finished T47. The Australian PGA, he finished T18. And the and, uh, Australian Open, he finished 17th. Those were events that Adam Scott played. Those, those were events that um, I actually think Cam Smith won one of them, didn't he? And then uh, Cam Davis had played in. So to gain seven and seven plus strokes in those two is pretty good. Now, he missed the cut at the Alfred Dunhill, which was in mid-December. But outside of that, at least for the, the tours that I have data on, he played really well. So it's just a product of a really, really small sample size is why he gets like a very, very generous projection. Not saying he's going to go out and score 82 fantasy points, but that's a better profile than you would have probably have guessed for a guy who's going to be less than a half of a percent owned safest play at $7,100. I keep looking at SIG, but I'd like your opinion. Okay. So 7,100 or less. Yeah. SIG's been good. I don't think he's missed a cut yet. Safety is what we're looking for. Actually, if we're looking for safety, we should probably just do it this way. Um, let's just do this by like, one stroke, one stroke gained or more per round and find the first guy who is cheaper than $7,100. Ben Taylor does it 56% of the time. Robbie Shelton, same number. Justin Suh, 54% of the time. Let's go a little bit more recent. Let's go last 24. This might be better, closer to what you're looking for. First one under, okay. I'm really intrigued by this. Justin Lauer is here, 6,800 bucks. We have not seen him this year he was really really good coming down the stretch and then i think he might have gotten a little i don't know if he got tired or what but i think his last couple of events were not that great yeah okay he missed two cuts the rsm classic in houston but this stretch here this was an unbelievable stretch from rocket mortgage to mayakoba where he had three top tens a couple more top 20s even barbasol and barracuda he had top 16s in both of those don't forget that justin lauer is back in this field Right. I, I will see if he's just going to knock some rust off in, you know, in his first competitive start of the new year. But do not forget Justin Lauer is in here. Um, he is the best under seventy one hundred dollars in gaining at least a stroke per round in the last twenty four. Now, his twenty four goes back further, but it's true. Fifty eight percent of the time, same as Brian Harmon, same as Tony Finau. Don't forget Justin Lauer is here. Now, his upside is nowhere near those other guys. But I'm, I'm pretty interested in that. Hank says, I have a new job with less time to research golf each week. If you had one and a half to two hours a week for research on Rick Run Good and to build lineups, how would you spend your time? First off, quit your job. Find a new job. Why would you do that? Just quit. And go, go find a job that will let you spend more time. But no, seriously, um, I would probably wait till later in the week, right? So if I only had one to two hours a week on Tuesday night or Wednesday morning, kind of like right around this time right here, um, I would start with the cheat sheet and I would go through, let me show you my screen. And I would go through and just start getting a feel for which golfers are going to be highly owned, which are not. In this case, we've got Xander Shoffley at 10% projected ownership, Patrick Cantley, 25%. Get a vibe for what those natural builds are going to be. A lot of the natural builds are going to be either Rom or Cantley, maybe a little bit of Zalatoris. Then everybody's going down to Cam Young. Everybody's going down to Tom Hoagie. Then everybody's going down to Thomas Dietrich. Then everybody's going down, get a little bit of Will Gordon and Ben Taylor. And that's basically it. That's kind of like the most natural build. So I'd get a feel for that. And I'd make a short list of guys. Well, okay. You know, if I see that Patrick Cantlay is 25%, what are my pivot options? My pivot options are Scotty and Tony. And if you're out on Xander, cause you're worried about it, fine. Throw Sungjae into the mix. So I'd make probably a list of 15 names. Then I would take those 15 names and I would go to the golfer profiles. I would go to the power rankings and I would just look at those guys and say, okay, Yes, no, this is what I'm looking for. Sung Jay's been, you know, really high floor, but low upside, whatever that is, and then settle on the guys that end up uh, actually making my lineup. And I could probably do that in one and a half to two hours. Could we get a deep dive on Sahith? I'm thinking he would make a good leverage play. Oh, yeah. So in one and done, he's going to be pretty low owned. Um, did I take him in one of my one and dones? I took somebody. Oh, I actually... I'm going to play this one pretty close to the vest. 
But I will tell you that um, if you're in the Rick run good run and done, there there's a really good pick to make. That's all I'm gonna say. We'll talk. I'll, maybe I'll talk about it later. But there's a really good pick to 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 make in that one that I'm very happy with. Uh, and I don't want to give up much more than that. Okay, sorry. Sahith. So, we haven't seen him since the Tournament of Champions, which is just a couple of weeks ago. He was horrendous on the putting greens. He lost six and a half strokes putting. It's probably the worst putting performance of his career. Looks like it. Um, approach was fine. Off the tee, bad. But there are extremes that happen at Capitol. We talk about this all the time. Before that, he was great at the RSM Classic. He was great at the end of last year. Yeah, I think what you're going to get this week. Um, the good news is, he can get hot and make a lot of birdies and you're going to have to get hot and make a lot of birdies to, to win this golf tournament. He's a very aggressive player. He piles up birdies. He'll give some back with bogeys. That's okay. In fantasy scoring. I think that, um, as far as engagement goes, you get like, you get a very engaged Sahith a lot, a pro-am pro. I don't know. I obviously don't know who he's playing with, but like a pro-am where he can just kind of be out there rocking and rolling while everybody else is thinking, oh man, this idiot CEO that I have to play with or whatever. Um, I, I think that he is not only statistically, but like narrative wise, pretty interesting for, for this week. Could you address if you see disadvantages and the expected size of those disadvantages for you giving out so much data and info that you have worked so hard on? Thanks for everything. Yeah, I generally do not think it is that big of a disadvantage for me personally or for anybody else, right? So there's a couple of items. Um, I would love to think that I'm moving markets, right? Like I would love to think that. That would be great for my ego. I do not actually believe that to be the case. The other thing is what I've really tried to build at rickrungood.com is a site where you go decide what is important to you right? You go to the custom model and you put the weights in and you do the research. I'm trying to make your research process easier and make sure that you have the entire picture with all the data and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, I'm always going to encourage you to make your own decisions. I'll tell you how I interpret the data, but I want you to interpret it any way that you can. So I think that there are, and, and, and I'll see this sometimes where it's like, Oh, hey, Rick, thanks. Your site was great. It was, you know, I, it popped out Siwoo Kim. And like, I was like, oh, I didn't have any Siwoo Kim last week. Right. It's just like we're interpreting it a little bit different based on what we think is going to be important. So it it is kind of this community that I'm trying to build where I don't I don't think I'm giving away really anything except access to data and information. And then you take it and put it to the best use in your own situation. The only place that I think that is different, Dan is in the Rick run good one and done. <laughs> That's where I think that I end up saying, hey, I'm going to play so-and-so, and it bumps it up a lot because then I'll compare it to other one and dones that I'm in, and it's like nowhere near for that guy. That's the only place that I think it's actually kind of a disadvantage for me, but otherwise, like, why do I care? I don't care. <clears throat> um. Uh, this is always a good question. Jared says, who is someone that you've cooled on and someone that you've grown on throughout the week? So I think that I've definitely, <clears throat> excuse me, grown on um, these two golfers here, Scotty Scheffler, Tony Finau, who are checking in at 14 and 15% projected ownership, which is um, nearly half that of John Rahm and Patrick Cantlay. You know, Scotty Scheffler, I don't know how many times I'm going to say, like, it's just like from T to green, he's been one of the best players in the world, if not the best player in the world for a really long time. Um, and even if he's not winning, look at the finishes, right? Seventh at the tournament of champions, runner up at the hero, ninth in Houston, third at Mayakoba. He's finished third here in the past, like fire, fire that up. So that's, that's someone who's, who's definitely grown on me. Someone I've cooled on. Um, I'm still kind of stuck on Andrew Putnam, right? I've, I started the week off pretty warm saying like, well, he kind of burned me last week and, we're going to a putting contest in a place that he's had a lot of success at and he's already played well. Maybe I should go back to Andrew Putnam. I'm getting a little bit just like, oh man, this, like it sucks, right? To look at a 10 and a half strokes gained in the putting category that he had last week is just like, it's really hard to back that. So I've definitely cooled on Putnam um, a little bit as the week is, as the week has gone on. This is a follow-up question. So TJ asks a similar question. It says, I, the one guy who has no chance to win this week, 9K and above. So this is how TJ gets a clip where I say, there's no way this guy can win. 
Then he wins, he clips it, he posts it, and then I look like an idiot. So you should definitely bet this person. So the person who can definitely not win over $9,000 is Brian Harmon, uh, who I quite fancy this week, but win is a big different, big difference between winning and finishing second. And Brian Harmon doesn't win a lot. Uh, so I will say Brian Harmon, and that will absolutely burn me. Uh, Greg asked for the producer's pick. So that's Mina. She has gone with Sam Burns. He's $9,400. He is from LSU. Sam Burns is the pick. Hey, Rick, can we see an updated model? Something freaky. Ooh, okay. Custom model, rickrungood.com. What would be... Freaky. Uh, we have a quartz rotation. We have uh, pure desert golf. We've got a pro-am. We've got a birdie fest. We've got a putting contest. So let's think about what would be pretty freaky here. Um, this is the course key stats model. I'm just looking back to see if there's anything that's like really freaky here. That would be good. Okay, so here's what we'll do. We'll go to the custom model. Let's just put them all on some of the mixed strokes gained. So let's do long-term putting. So strokes gained putting last 100. Let's put 35 there. So John Ron told us it's a putting contest. Let's do it. Let's do approach play last 12, 35. So the thought process here being um, when you have a when you have to make a lot of birdies or when you have to get hot, one of the best ways to do that is approach play and putting, right? And there are some guys out there off the top of my head, Callum Taron, off the top of my head, Sam Ryder. Um, I don't know why those were the first two that came to mind, but like there are guys who are just good at approach, good at putting, and they might not be great at anything else. I think that's what you want this week. Okay, so that's that's a little bit of a freaky start. Let's then go to, we have 30 left. We could just put the last 30 on like strokes gained easy courses, right? All three of these, let's just do it. All three of these ranked outside the top, uh, I think 37 out of 50 in scoring last year. Yeah, this is pretty freaky in terms of results. Thomas Dietrich is number one. Ricky Fowler, Ricky Fowler, number two. Patrick Cantlay, John Rahm, Nate Lashley, five. Matty Schwab, six. Tom Kim, Ryan Moore, Zach Johnson, and Justin Rose. I think that qualifies as pretty freaky. I think that does. Um, I just can't decide on whether to bet studs or take some shots. I know Andy stopped at 66 to one. How are you attacking the betting board? All right, we were going to get to this question eventually. So uh, here's what I've done. Dude, you don't have to do what I do. In fact, I don't encourage you to. So... Mike, it's a big card. So last year, the American Express was my biggest card of the year. I think there were 10 golfers on it. And I think they were all like 80 to one or longer. Okay. So because I'm starting at 80 to one, I can get 10 guys on it. And I I think I and I think I definitely had Swafford. I can't remember if it was 110 or 150. I can't remember what the number was, but that worked out. So here's what I've done. The first four guys are generally like a pretty standard board for me. So it is Zal Torres, who I've talked about. I got him at 19. It's not a good number. You probably could have gotten a 22 out there. Uh, Tom Hoagie at double that, 38 to one. No surprise there. Brian Harmon, 44. No surprise there. I'm the sucker who says he can't win and then bets him to win. Like, I'm that sucker. And then Cam Davis at 47. So that is like that is like a very standard start of a board for me. And then I would normally have like one spot left. What I did with that one spot is I went very long and made it three spots. So Nick Taylor, 140 to one. Bo Hostler, 150 to one. Tyson Alexander, 600 to one. That's what I've done. So I made a mostly standard card. My final spot, I said, okay, I'm taking the, the allocation that I would have had in this final spot for somebody at like 60 or 70 to one and made it three bets and went very, very long. This happens more than you think. Playing a round of golf with Rick and picking his brain on golfers would be electric. Okay, that happens 
uh, whether like whether I try to not do that or not, it always ends up happening, right? Where someone would be like, well, so-and-so. Like, eh, we'll just talk about, we'll spend four hours talking about every golfer on tour. Uh, yeah, Paul says, uh, what do you think about uh, Ben Taylor? And thank you for the, the nice note there, Paul. So let's, let's look at Taylor here. And don't confuse the Bens, right? I got a couple of questions where people are getting the Bens confused. So there's Ben Taylor, there's Ben Griffin. Both have been pretty darn good. Ben, ben Griffin is, you know, he's been great in the fall. I think, he's, I think he missed the first cut, and then he's been great after that. Ben Taylor is the Englishman. Ben Taylor is the guy who finished fourth at the Sony, third in Houston, T21 at the RSM Classic, has made five straight cuts. That's him. This is kind of an exciting – this is that stat profile that I was talking about. You know, gain three or four shots on approach, gain three or four shots with the putter. It's a very, very high upside way to play, and you see it, right? Look at, the, look at his third-place finish. Plus three on approach, plus seven with the putter. Look at his fourth place finish. Plus three on approach, plus three and a half with the putter. The week that he played okay, he gained four with the approach play, but lost strokes with the putter. So like, it's just about getting them at the same time. And Ben Taylor kind of gets them at the same time pretty frequently, at least at least as of late. So that is, uh, it's a really, really handy skill set to have here. Let's just do the Fowler thing. I know there's going to be a lot of like there's going to be a lot of questions about Ricky. You you've probably seen the video where he's like got a new swing and it's not nearly as sawed off or laid off as uh, it used to be. Let's just look at the stat profile. The encouraging thing is he's gained strokes on approach in three straight. The encouraging thing is that he's gained strokes off the tee in like six of seven. It's pretty solid. The concern, well, let's go back a little bit further. Um, remember we've been tracking this for like three years now where he lost the putter. It was at this event, this event in 2020, he held the 36 hole lead and I think finished T10 and he was never the same. Go look it up. I'm pretty sure that was this one. He lost seven strokes putting at Congaree. That is believe it or not, not that concerning. Yeah. He, it was horrible. You can lose. And if you go back and look, there are a lot of guys who lost a lot of strokes putting at Congaree. It is really, really hard on the greens. So, he had gain strokes in three out of four before that. This doesn't even include the Zozo, which he was probably pretty stout all around because he finished second. Pretty, pretty bullish on Ricky. Let's say, um, let's call it seven out of 10. And that's probably the most bullish I've been on him in, in quite some time. Are we seeing anything weather-wise? Um, I did not. I I got to admit, Mark, I usually have the weather sites pulled up. I checked it this morning. I didn't see anything too crazy. What I'll do is I'll, I got to pull up like three different sites because they're three different courses. Um, I'll do it after this and I'll tweet it out. Great show, Rick. Do you think Dietrich has a chance of top 10? Yes. So we can have the Dietrich conversation. So for those who missed it, you know, kind of earlier in the week, Dietrich is a globe trotter all over the place. But just look at the PGA Tour stuff if you want. T12 at the Fortinet, T9 at Sanderson Farms, made the cut barely, uh, or finished T69 at Shriners, runner-up in Bermuda, T15 in Mayakoba. That is five straight cuts. Four of them are top 15s. Yes, Dietrich's great. Love Dietrich. Okay. It's so funny because this username is spoiler alert, and it says, Rick, I'm curious with the next model coming, Will we have the ability to load showdown salaries so we can build uh, showdown lineups and or DP World Tour classic player fields? So spoiler alert. I don't really want to divulge too much information because like a lot of stuff can happen in development. It can take a lot of time and who knows. But first off, you can do showdown now. So I don't know if a lot of people know this. I When, when this tournament starts on Thursday, I'm going to load the second round salaries. When round two starts, I'm going to load the third round salaries. When round four starts, I'm going to load the fourth round salaries. So you you can do – so right now the model is built to only do one slate at a time. So I manually update it for each showdown slate. In theory, yes, the next model, the way it is supposed to work, is that it will support multiple slates at once. Uh, it is very tough logistically, but that is the idea so that you'd be able to – Basically, look at any slate, say, start building lineups on that. So, yes. Can you do um, plus opportunities and opportunities gained over the last 34 or 24 to 36 rounds? Any chance on doing 
um, opportunities gained only at the Amex. Uh, yeah, but I would have to. So the way that I currently have that set up is I would have to just go pull that from the back end of the database. So, uh, I have to add that to the, I have to add it to the Holy grail is what I have to add it to. But, um, right now I can just show you the plus opportunity. So last 24, Tom Kim, Sung JM, Tom Hoagie, believe it or not, Rory Sabatini, Davis Riley, Matthew Neesmith. Um, and then, oh, that's not, that's not gained my bad. So gained would be pretty similar list. Tom Kim, Sung J, Davis Riley, Scotty, Tom Hoagie, and then opportunities game, which is birdie putts within uh, 15 feet or closer. Tom Kim, Davis Riley, Tom Hoagie, Sung JM, Carl Yuan. So very similar there. I would have to go pull the American Express stuff uh, on the back end. The other thing would be it would only be the stadium course because that's the because you have to have shot link data to know how close to the pin it is, obviously. And that only happens at the stadium course. With Liv getting a TV deal, does that mean it won't be folding anytime soon? No. I, I think if Liv is if Liv decides to fold, it's not going to be because of a TV deal or not, right? Like they're not going to, I don't think they're going to make a ton of money off the, off the deal. I think they'll make, it'll be a, a small revenue stream for them. And it would, if they get to the point of folding, it's like disaster has happened. Right. So I don't think if TV deal or not, they're folding that that's, that's the way that I view it. So no, I don't think that that actually changes the rate in which they're, they're going to be around. I just think it's one small win, one small rev stream. Um, and we'll see if anybody turns on the CW. <laughs> I did. I got smoked on bro throw last week because I, because TJ, see, this is a trap. TJ asked the same question and I came on bro throw and I fired up. I was like, Oh, Andrew Putnam, he stinks. Let me put out five or 10 of these and everybody snatched them up. And it was looking great on Thursday. And then Putnam gained 10 strokes putting over the last two rounds or the next two rounds. And I got smoked. I lost them all because TJ, TJ made me do this. So, um, I don't know. Do you have any posted TJ? We have 376 members in this group. That's almost the biggest group on bro throw, which is kind of crazy. Is it, is this you TJ? Is this the same TJ? Uh, you have the female side on sung JM. Is that you? I'm assuming it's you. I'll take, I'll, I'll, I'll grab some of these sung J's if you want them. I don't care. I just want I just want a little action, something to sweat on. Um, if you want to join the group, it's invite only, brothrow.com slash Rick. I lost my spot. Sorry, guys. Hold on. I use StreamYard and it jumps around on me. Okay, so let's do this. Um, brilliant content this week. Thank you. Uh, can you do a deep dive on Augusto Nunez? He is my he is my cheap draft. He's in my he is my cheap draft. And had some decent results on the corn ferry last year. Okay. So here he is. It has not been a good start on the PGA tour, right? He did have, I mean, his, his summer was great on the corn ferry. He had five straight top six finishes where he gained nearly double digit strokes in every single one of those. That's insane. Hasn't been that good since. In fact, it's been horrible since the end of his corn ferry year was horrible. The lost strokes in three out of four. Uh, missed the cut in three out of four, excuse me. Then he missed his first three cuts on the PGA Tour, finished 67th in Bermuda, missed three more cuts, finished 41st last week. Oof. The good news is that that's his 41st is his best finish since July, but man, that's pretty tough. I don't, I don't love that. That's pretty, that's pretty deep of a, of a flyer. Hey, Rick, weekly trophy thoughts. Is the 1968 president, in 1968, President Eisenhower, Governor Reagan, and Bob Hope awarded a sweet golf club plaque trophy to the King Arnold Palmer? Oh, how far we have fallen to this flower vase. Sad. Yeah, it's not a good one. It's really not. It's like a three out of 10. See who has a great history at the MAC. Uh, I think I skipped it. I might skip two, actually. Lee Hodges, I think we already talked about. Can you rank Brandon Wu, just Johnny Vegas, and Austin Eckert? So Johnny Vegas is back this week, right? First start since the shoulder surgery, I think it was. Um, we'll wait and see on that. Brandon Wu or Eckert, I think it's Eckert, Wu, and just, I think Johnny Vegas just like kind of like no contest, right? Like just, let's just wait and see. See Wu has a great history. What was his form coming into the Amex in past years? All right. 
Can do that. Siwoo Kim uh, coming into the American Express. Let me fire this up. I'm asking the database, or I'm asking uh, my computer to do a lot right now with the screen share and everything else. Okay, so let me get out of the way. Let's see. The American Express last year was right here, T11. He came in T55 at the Sony, T23 at the Tournament of Champions, T18 at the Zozo, and then probably dead last at the CJ Cup. So that was okay. His three starts prior were pretty good. No problem there. If we go back to his win, he finished T25 at the Sony, and then that was uh, – did he not play after the Masters? Big gap there. Let's see what else we have. Um, American Express. So that three – so last two years, his three starts before were pretty decent. Look at what he's done now. Plus eight, plus eight. Okay finishes at the two elevated events. Shriners was really good. T8 there. There's a real chance Siwoo wins again this week. And when I say real chance, I mean like 4%. But that's pretty good, all things considered. Yes. So Mike says, is there a way to view the Golden League or what? I don't even know what I've been calling it, right? Golden, Premier, whatever, um, for Run Good Fantasy. I will tweet the link out from the Run Good Fantasy handle. But yeah, it is a public league. So once you have the link, you can follow along. Um, we are obviously one week in. I'm 1-0. The Vegas Straight Flushers are 1-0. Thank you very much. The Kingsmen, the Palm Beach Coconuts, and the Four Horsemen are the other three winners from last week. I go up against Andy this week. So I've got Andy's team. And of course, it's like the best week possible for him. He has Jason Day, Ricky Fowler, Adam Hadman, Siwoo Kim, Aaron Rye, Will Zaltoris. I'm playing Dietrich, SH Kim, Tom Kim, Taylor Pendrith, Sam Ryder, and this sneaky Nick Taylor. Did you guys see that? How about that? I picked up Nick Taylor. Uh, so Joel Damon withdrew. I was going to start Joel Damon. So then I had to start Robbie Shelton. I picked up Robbie Sh or I picked up Nick Taylor off waivers for this week. I'm a dog in this. I'm I'm like I'm like plus 180 in this matchup, right? I'll send out the link, Mike. <laughs> Can't believe I'm using up my question on this guy, but I liked what I saw from Zach Johnson last week and feel like he has a safe 6K play. All right, let's take a look. Uh, what is his actual price? Six what? Oh, he's pretty cheap, I think. 64. And he's got what three top 28 finishes here. In the last five years, let's see what he did. Oh boy, you're not gonna like it, Mike. You're really not gonna like it. Lost nine strokes ball striking last week, lost seven on approach, gained five with the putter, and that is how he finished 75th. No, not sure that's your guy. Not sure that's your guy. Uh, like Nick Taylor a lot. It's Nick Taylor season, he's playing well, he's played well here in the past. Fire it up. When playing matchups, how often do you pick a certain player versus picking pick against a certain player versus pick a guy that you like? Probably pick against more often. There are just a lot that um, are like regression candidates. Andrew Putnam, right? would be one in theory that he's not, he's not going to gain 10 and a half strokes putting, but like that, or like Zach Johnson, can I pick on Zach Johnson this week? So I, I probably tend to pick on more Rom young, can't lay will Z and Finau are my most exposed. Any issues? Fire it up. Um, th this is a question from Mike that, uh, if you email me, I'll answer. Thanks, Mike. Rick, who do you think is the most over-owned player in the field and who is most under-owned player in the field? Okay. I actually have some thoughts on this. What are we what are we going to do with Xander? Okay, what's the report on Xander? He's feeling good enough to play. Um, maybe he's like eighty or ninety percent. I don't think he's a hundred percent from what I've heard, but let's say he's eighty to ninety percent. Is eighty to ninety percent Xander Shoffley better than all but like twelve guys in this field? Probably ten percent owned. Kind of crazy. So. I, I think Xander is under-owned, believe it or not. Um, and then over-owned, 
as much as I love the guy, it has to be Cam Young. I mean, Cam Young at 2,500, he's now he's played better, but that's a lot. You know, for that to be the same as proven Patrick Cantlay, for that to be the same as John Rahm, who's maybe the best player in the world. I love Cam Young, but 25% when you have Siwoo there, when you have Taylor Montgomery and Cam David, like that, that's too much. I'd, I, he should be like 18 and he might win, but that's, that's too high. Who is a dark horse candidate for the, I'm assuming that's supposed to say for the Amex in head to head season long. Well, you want me to like, I could actually just pull up like who's available. You want me to do that? Cause that's kind of interesting, isn't it? So let's do this. Let's do who's available. Uh, this is in my league. So who, you know, who knows, but let's just then look at last like seven days. Let's do fantasy points. So we already talked about Ben Taylor. He's only 39% rostered on fan tracks. That is someone you could absolutely go get. Carl Yuan makes a ton of fantasy points, even if he's not going to finish well, 26%. Aaron Badley, 10%. Bads has been good, right? Those would be three guys, even like Harry Hall, 9%. They're all fine. Go get them. Would you rather bet a single bullet of Finau or Cantlay or build a card like Postin, Tagala, Cam Davis, the latter, Clinton? Yeah, just give me three. Give me the three boys at, at longer odds. Um, Mitchell, excuse me, says, good afternoon, Rick. Do you take into account guys playing three weeks in a row with travel? No. I mean, two of them were, I mean, this is about as easy of a three-week travel as you could get, right? Maui to Honolulu is what? It's 10 minutes? I don't know. Uh, very easy to get to. And then from, okay, so back from Hawaii to the West Coast, that's not so bad. So no, I don't care at all. For one and done, would you take overall skill Burns or Kim or history Harmon Putnam? Uh, in that scenario, I think getting a pretty low-owned Burns or Kim is probably much more interesting. Marty Dow. Can we do a deep dive on Marty Dow? Yeah, I think I actually have him in. Do I have him in the database as Marty or do I have him in there as Z Chang? Let me see. Do I have him in there as Z Chang? I probably got to change that. So here's what we've got. Let this load for a second. There we go. Miss the cut at the Sony. This is tough. This is going to be tough in a putting contest, right? So he's minus three and a half putting, minus seven, minus six and a half, minus two and a half. Um, even when he flushes it, the putter plays him out of it and he doesn't even flush it all that often. This is a pretty disgusting little stat profile, unfortunately. For a guy I like and who had some, I mean, even his, look at his Corn Fairy Tour stuff. Cut, 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 win. Then it's like some middling finishes, cut, third, 56. Like, it's not like he was consistent on the Corn Fairy either. It's pretty ugly. Can we see football? Okay. This is a question about uh, one and done ownership. It says, can we see the projected ownership across platforms? Uh, I'm not sure I understand that question. If you just log, if you log into the site. Yeah. I mean, like I, I pull it up on my phone all the time. Is that what you're asking? I'm not sure about it. I'm not, I'm not sure I understand that question. Can you look at Tyson Alexander versus uh, David? This is David Thompson's Davis Thompson. I like Tyson Alexander. I must admit to you. I, I played him in the $200 single entry last week. I, I love his swing. I just, I obviously told you that I bet him at 600 to one. Like I just, I like that. Um, I have, if, if you look at the last 36, Davis Thompson beating him 55% of the time. Tyson Alexander does gain one, two, three, and four strokes uh, more frequently than Davis Thompson does. I like Tyson Alexander. He could win this. I keep hearing about this being, we being a putting contest. Yeah. Whoops. But I haven't heard Denny McCarthy. Yeah. De fire up Denny. He's no problem. Fire him up. 
Rick, I saw Young minus 160 versus Burns, plus 140. Was curious if you could compare the two sides. Just strange to me because they're so close in DraftKings pricing. Okay. So I'll do, I don't know, I'll do the last 36 rounds. You might want something different. Uh, Burns has kind of struggled more recently and he's not going to get credit for, um, he's not going to get credit for the President's Cup where he was like way better than his record indicated in the President's Cup. So last 36 rounds is pretty lopsided. I have Cam Young at, uh, actually bigger than that, Gregory. I'm at minus 229. This doesn't take into account juice, obviously, but I actually have this this bigger. Uh, let's see what the last 24 is. Yeah, last 24, a little it's it's closer to what you have, Gregory. I'm at minus 165. You have at minus 160. So yeah, it's it's probably pretty true. Yeah, so this is kind of crazy. So Zach, I, I noticed this earlier, Zach. So there's a trends tool which um allows you to look at breakout candidates and Zach says, though Siwoo has improved his putting, there's still a little meat left on the bone. And like, kind of, yeah. So he is in this upper left-hand quadrant, which is the quadrant that you want to be in, which is guys who are flushing it and still putting below their baseline uh, or getting unlucky with the putter. So there is actually a little bit more juice statistically that Siwoo can squeeze out of this. And he's going to have to continue to hit it as well as he has to make that come true, Zach. But there is, I saw that too. And I was like, wow, a guy coming off a win is still in the upper left-hand quadrant of this is absolutely bonkers. Um, Most used golfers in one and done this week. It's going to be off the top of my head and I'll pull it up here, but it's going to be Brian Harmon, definitely one of them. Let me, let me just pull it up. Harmon, 12%. Cantlay, 10. Hoagie, 9. Finau, Cam Young. That's the top five. The next five are Montgomery, Putnam, Sahith, Siwoo, and Willie Z. That's the top 10. Uh, okay, I'm getting to the point where I've, I've answered some of these, which is very good because I'm 40 minutes behind and I'm at, I can at least get caught up here at some point. Oh, this is very kind. Just want to say Rick is the best. Would love to play a round of golf with this guy. Thank you. Um, I am now currently for the first time getting lessons. I've never had lessons before. And I just had my first lesson the other day and I'm very excited about it. Chris said $5. Thanks, Chris. Um, never necessary. Always appreciate it. Any chance you'll be at Circa Saturday or Sunday? Um, maybe I'm at Circa a lot. (laughs) The only thing is I am... Mina just texted me and said, yeah, let's go. She slacked me and said, yeah, let's go. Maybe. Um, the only thing is we're th- we're going to Tory next week. And then I'll be at three of the next four weeks. So I'll be at Tory. I'll be at Phoenix. And I'll be at Riv if anybody's going to be out there. And it's like a ton of travel. Like I'm basically going straight from Phoenix to Riviera. So I'm like trying to get everything in order before then. Uh, so we'll see where we're at on Saturday or Sunday. If we're, if we're there, maybe we'll be at circuit, but I don't know if we are, we'll probably be at like the mega bar or something like that. But, um, it's a lot of travel coming up and I gotta get a lot of stuff done before then the state. So to tease this a little bit, I, I, I got the, the news from, so CBS sent where they're going to build the stage in Phoenix for us. So they're building the stage, uh, right but right next to or on the driving range, which is kind of where we were for the U.S. Open. If you guys remember that, we had we were behind the, the driving range and it was a sick setup. They're going to have a stage there and it's like right between the driving range and the 16th hole with the stadium. So like I'm, I'm very stoked about that. Is it too early to pick Patrick Cantlay in one and done? It probably is. It sucks, right? I actually think the new, the new payout structure kind of stinks for one and dones. Because this week's going to be what? 1.4, 1.5 million to the winner. I would love to pick Cantlay this week. I'd love to pick Ron this week. You're going to have the RBC Classic is going to be like two and a half times the purse, right? And the Travelers is going to be like two and a half times the purse. Actually, I think the elevated events kind of makes one and done worse, to be honest with you. Because it would be, because no one's going to, who's going to play these guys? Like, why should you? You shouldn't. And then the people who who do play them are going to get rewarded for bad. I just, I hate it. Hey, Rick, go to Scottsdale the week after waste management. Is it worth playing the stadium course for $500? Or do you know of top courses for a better value? It's up to you, Brett. You know, I just played Shadow Creek. So I'm probably not going to be the guy that says, no, you shouldn't spend a lot of money to play golf. 
I would pay $500 to play Scottsdale, TBC Scottsdale the week after the waste management. Absolutely, I would. Um, from what I understand, and maybe it's better the week after, but the prices, every golf course in the area is going to charge like three times their normal rate, if not more that week. So you 500 at TPC Scottsdale might actually be a deal when you look around. Thoughts on the locker room uh, gate at Lake Nona? Yeah, so the what? The ladies didn't have a locker room. It's horrendous, right? I mean, imagine any other scenario in any other sport where PGA Tour guys showed up to a, a tournament and they said, sorry guys, no locker room. Um, put your shoes on in the car and uh, we have a bathroom for you over here. Like that would never happen. I don't even know. I don't even know how many people have to screw it up for that to happen. You heard it here, folks. Rick said, quit your job and gamble full time. That's right. It seems as if Tom Hoagie lines up pretty good with the tournament. Is there any reason why his odds are so low? Is there, is there a worry to his game that stands out? No, this is actually probably a pretty good spot for him right now. He's been volatile here, but you have to remember, this is a very volatile golf tournament in nature anyway, right? How about that? It took 46 minutes into the show for me to remind everyone that the American Express is very volatile. I can't believe it took that long. Just the nature of it is so chaotic. It's why in the last eight or nine years, the average winner's odds have been, what, 110 to 1 or something like that? And you've seen Adam Long at 500, Hudson Swafford at 150, um, Andrew Landry at like 200 to 1. It just breeds chaos. So even, even though Hoagie's got like two top five finishes and two missed cuts, it's like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. You got to make a lot of birdies. He showed up on both those lists of opportunities and plus opportunities. I hope that he can't find a way to lose three or four strokes around the green at these golf courses, which is what he's done and kind of played himself out of winning the tournament of champions that way. And then played himself out of a much better finish of the Sony open. So we'll see. Oh boy. I lost my spot. That was Zach, right? Who asked that question? Um, Drew says, thanks for all the great content. Where can we find greens and fairways from last year's tournament? I might have that. Hold on a second. I don't know if I have it back to... How far back do I have? Boom. All right. It's on the Holy Grail. So go look at the Holy Grail. It's under fantasy data. This is last year's American Express. So Lee Hodges hit 43 fairways. Oh, round by round. Uh, I could get it for you. I don't have a way to present it, but I, I have it if you really want it. Um, here they are. Fairways, greens and regulation. I mean, you could divide them by four and get like a pretty good idea. But yes, they're on, they're on the Holy Grail. And um, I can probably get round by round stuff in there at some point. Can you do a head-to-head matchup between... Thomas Dietrich and Will Gordon. Uh, yes, and in return, I will make kind of a uh, big announcement. How about that? How about that as a professional tease? Thomas Dietrich and Will Gordon. And then stay tuned for a big announcement. This is the last 24 rounds. I have uh, Will Gordon winning at 64% of the time. There you go. I don't know if anybody has noticed this, but... Uh, and I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but jock market just soft launched pick them, uh, which is amazing. So <laughs> I don't know if I'm supposed to be promoting this or not. So now jock market has two sides of their game. They have the stock market DFS, which I love, and they have the pick them side of it with props that I obviously love. So sick, right? Uh, I said this earlier in the week, the, 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 the DFS side of things is, or the, the stock market side of things is like the only thing that saves me when I have a Hayden Buckley ticket and he doesn't win, or the only thing that saves somebody when they have a Colin Morikawa ticket and he doesn't win because Hayden Buckley still made you $15 a share last week. Cause you paid four seventy five per share. He paid out 20 bucks a share. I love what the guys at jock market are doing. Uh, use the code Rick, go sign up, go check out their new game. I don't even think they've announced it because I think they're rolling it out as a soft launch. There's a little inside information for you. Go check it out. Build a case for Ricky. 
much better off the tee, much better on approach, generally getting better with the flat stick, capable of losing a lot, but has played well here. That's the case for him. Uh, luckily, I've answered a lot of these, which is good because I'm way behind. This just says, hey, Rick, I follow all your content and a subscriber to Rick Run Good. Much appreciate and gratitude. I appreciate that. Uh, from Toronto, sick. Would you prefer to be contrarian in a too heavy field like this, top heavy field like this, by playing a couple of low owned players, leaving money on the table, or both? Finally got six of six single entry last week. Uh, thanks to you. So appreciate it. I got boned last week with my $200 single entry. Uh, don't get me started. Um, I would rather, if I could only choose one, just pivot to the lower owned guys. The 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 leverage, the leverage to me is much more important than what leaving money on the table gives you. Leaving money on the table makes you unique. It makes you different, but in kind of a different way, right? It's like less likely you're going to split the winnings or less likely someone's going to have your exact lineup. And yes, you'll have a different build, but you, it doesn't necessarily mean you have a lot of leverage. You could have six guys that are 20% owned and only spent 49,500. And you like, if one of those guys go, goes nuts, like you're not really like you're losing out on your leverage. So I would much prefer just the, uh, ownership. I think I'm finally ready to do jock market. That's what Clinton says. And he said that 23 minutes ago before I even did my spiel. What's your promo code? Rick. Thank you very much. I think it's a, it's the best deposit bonus you can get. I think it's a hundred bucks. It matches up to a hundred bucks. That'll get you like tonight. That'll get you like 10 shares. If you want to play stock market, a hundred dollars would get you like 10 shares of John Rom tonight. For example, if that's the route you wanted to go or get you like 20 shares of Ben Taylor or something like that. So have at it. Any love for Harry Hall this week? Well, the good thing about Harry Hall is that he can putt and that he is going to need to. Now, he is going to uh, probably regress off of the eight strokes that he gained putting last week, but he is a desert golf guy, right? He plays out at TPC Summerlin, and when the tour came to Vegas, he played great there. Desert golf, really good putter, Um I, I cap my expectations, right? Like I think his his upside is probably mid-teens, something like that, in a field that's that's this good and this deep and this chaotic. But yeah, I think I think that's reasonable to ask a very cheap Harry Higgs to finish T21. Like I think that's very, very reasonable. Okay. I really want to tell my one and done secret, but if I tell it, you guys are all going to go do it. But isn't that kind of my thing? Like that I should be the guy who tells the secret that I should be the guy who says, Hey, here's an edge you missed. Should I be that guy? Um, all right, well, here's what I'll do. I'll do this deep dive on Callum Taron and then I'll, and then I'll think about it. So Callum Taron, I'm pretty bullish on Finished runner-up at the RSM Classic. He is the skill set guy that I was talking about. Remember when I said putting and approach? And he's actually cleaning up cleaning up a lot of the other stuff. But look at this. Look at his skill sets. Uh, loses, you know, loses, loses off the tee, loses around the green, gains putting, gains on approach, gains putting, gains on approach, gains putting, gains on approach. That's where he can pop. You put it together in two week or in one week, and you get a runner-up finish the RSM Classic. I think. Obviously, we saw last week, it's very, very hard to win on the PGA Tour for the first time with like Hayden Buckley. But you like, I would not be, in theory, surprised if he won this golf tournament. All right, I'll show you, okay? I'll show you. I'll show you what you probably missed. If this guy wins and, it's, and, he's, and he's five times his owned, we're going to have a problem. Everyone should be really, really nice to each other and just keep whatever pick you already have in. Let me just make sure there's not any other questions that I want to get to real quick. Do you use the same golfer playing multiple one-and-done leagues? This early in the year, I kind of mix it up, and then whatever path it takes me down, then I start playing my position. Stanley Mugger or Yeti? It's a Stanley. They live up to the hype. 
it's actually it's actually pretty sick. I'm not gonna lie. It fits in your cup holder. It's big, hot and cold. Mina was like, "Let's get Stanley got mugs." It's like, no. She got one anyway for me. It's amazing. It's the best thing. I, I love it. I also saw Adam Hadwin on Good Good. Okay, so can we let's do Adam Hadwin real quick because he is obviously your desert dog. He is your coarse horse. He is uh, that guy. And he's been gaining a ton. We haven't seen him since Houston. It's been six weeks. But 7.6 on approach there. 5.5 in Vegas. Desert courses. Yeah. I think, like, don't get too crazy because everybody's going to get crazy with Adam Hadwin. But I'd, I'd like to match the field on him. Is there a reason you're on global view versus classic view? Yeah. I Because um, I generally don't look at that because I generally kind of have an idea of where these guys have finished. Global view is is just objectively better. But I... I kind of know where all these guys have been, so I don't even look at the recent stuff all that often. Yes. Yes on posting, Matt. So three straight top 21s, gained on approach, gained off the tee in each one, generally putts well here. The answer, yes. Any tips to getting over losing outrights on Morikawa and Buckley back-to-back weeks? Play on jock market. Nick, this is a very tough question. It says final spot between Putnam or Montgomery. I'm going to go with Put or uh, Montgomery. He's my guy. In person lessons, yeah, baby. Uh, I bet Bo Hostler this week, so that answers that. See you at Tory. See you there. Uh, how does it make you feel that Danny Dimes is going to upset your Eagles on the road? Probably not going to happen. Honestly, I wouldn't care all that much. All right, we're getting a little off track here. All right, here's the secret. I'll tell you the secret, okay? Don't make me regret this. Let me get this comment out of here, Taylor. All right, so here's the secret. When you go to enter your pick, um, and let's just say we do it like this, okay? So when you go to enter your pick, the site defaults you to odds to win. Okay, so John Rahm's at the top, then Scotty Scheffler, and it tells you whether or not you have these guys available. Okay, obviously. I would venture to say most people do not change off of this view, and they just scroll down until they find, okay, Brian Harmon, 81, or 91% availability, 40 to 1. I'm going to click Brian Harmon. The dirty little secret with fantasy golf championships, and I don't know if they know this or not, or I don't know if they care or not, is that they don't have the names that match right. So they must have a, a data source for their odds and a data source for the database. But if the if the odds and if the names don't match up, it doesn't show you the odds, and these guys get sent to the bottom of the list. Most times it doesn't matter. But when you scroll up and you see that Cam Davis is at the bottom of the list with the WDs below the guys who are a thousand to one to win, who he's like, what, 35 to one to win. And this is a pretty darn good setup for him. And no one's going to play him because the system is defaulting him down to the bottom. You have to play him. That's the absolute cheat. It's a cheat. And it's because it's names, you're probably only going to get you know, Cam Davis or whatever. Like, so they must have Miss Cam Davis in another database, but he's Cameron Davis here. So, so you want to use this little trick because he's never going to show up on the odd side, odd side of things at a good spot for him. And this is a good spot for him. So manipulate the system to your advantage, rage against the machine, pick Cameron Davis as I have. Let me make sure I didn't over. Okay. I actually have two. I have Sung J and I have uh, Cam Davis. I've made like 20 grand in the first two weeks total or in the first week. Like I, I'm just going to go a little, a little off the board. All right. Let me try to grab a couple of last minute questions. 
Is there anyone under 7K that you would play instead of Tyson Alexander? What is Nick Taylor? Is he $7,000 flat? I think he is. So if that counts, take that one. If not, really enamored with, uh, not enamored, but interested in Justin Lauer. I think you should write down your one and done secret and put it in a sealed envelope and open it on Monday and read it on YouTube. Well, if I would have saw that, uh, I would have done that. That's much better. There you go. Very good to know. Don't like Cam Davis this week, but that will come in handy in the future. Yeah, like Rocket Mortgage. That's true. You don't have to use it this week. Rocket Mortgage would be a good time to use it as well. Right? Something like that. Okay. It's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah, we are we are the boy we are buzzing right now for the American Express. We are buzzing. I'll see you all at Tory. Remember, next week is a Wednesday to Saturday. So it's gonna be a quick, tight little turnaround this week to next week. Also, jock market tonight. 8 15 p.m. Eastern time, jock market power hour. Rick Run Good YouTube channel. I guess that's it. Good luck. See ya.